You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Spiritual growth is the title of this devotion. This week, I would like to talk to you over the next few days about the four great cornerstones of the Christian faith. But today, I would like to make an introduction to it. And the introduction really is what the subject this week will be about, spiritual growth. You see, when a child is born, and I will never forget when our first son Joshua was born, and then our second son Zachary, and then Gabriela and Mariah, but I will never forget when our son was born, the wonder and the miracle of it, the beauty of it, the eyelashes, the hair on the head, the fingernails, the eyes, the just everything. It's so fearfully and wonderfully made, as David would say in Psalm 139. And the beauty of it, that that is what God has given us, to see the wonder of reproduction and, and to see the wonder of that growth then, that, that little baby boy that was born there, in May of 1984, and now is a mature 39-year-old man. And it's just the wonder of it is is phenomenal. And and, But the greater is the beauty of the fellowship, the the beauty of the interaction of family and, and friendship and camaraderie and love and communion. It just goes on and on and on. But of course, that took these 39 years for it to get to where it is today. And it's the same with an acorn. When it is sown, it only is very small. But how can it be compared to the amazing tree of an oak tree? And that grows into such a phenomenal tree that can last for many, many hundreds of years. And, and you could see out of a small seed, something great can come. And the same is true with you and me. The Bible says in 1 Peter that we are born again by the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. And the Word is sown into our heart by the Holy Spirit as it is breathed by the Holy Spirit in the Word here. And then it is transmitted to us through the one through whom God spoke to us. And that word comes into our being and it germinates in the heart and it begins to enlighten the mind and illuminate the inward parts. And we come into the conscious knowledge of the living God and begin to communicate with him through the word as he begins to communicate through to us with, through the word. And the word is living and active and powerful in us. And, and we begin to grow and mature and Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 talks about the wonder of this 
in a language I love, especially from the Living Bible. Now, of course, I understand the Living Bible is a paraphrase, but it really makes a beautiful point. And I pray the Holy Spirit helps you hear this. Listen to it. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I can never stop thanking God for all the wonderful gifts He has given you now that you are Christ's. Now that you belong to Jesus Christ, He has enriched your whole life. He's helped you speak out for Him and He's given you a full understanding of the truth. What I told you Christ could do for you has happened. Now you have every grace and blessing, every spiritual gift and power for doing His will are yours during this time of waiting for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And He guarantees right up to the end that you will be counted free from all sin and guilt on that day when He returns. And God will surely do this for you, for he always does just what he says. And he is the one who invited you into this wonderful friendship with his son, even Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Apostle Paul begins his letter by reminding his readers how blessed they are of God in Jesus Christ. Now that they belong to Christ as they've surrendered their life to Him in faith, in water baptism, and risen with Him to a newness of life, how their lives are being transformed by the wonderful union they have with Jesus. And this is the initiation. This is where our Christian life begins. The Apostle John would write in John chapter 1, he says, to as many as receive Jesus Christ, to them God has given the right to become children of God, who are born, not merely, of a natural seed of their natural parents, but those who are born of God. Oh, my dear friends, what a wonderful thing when you are regenerated inwardly. You see, Titus 3 says that we are saved by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom the Heavenly Father gives to us generously through His Son, Jesus Christ. Regenerated, renewed, made alive inwardly. Or as Peter would say in 1 Peter, we are begotten again to a living hope through the resurrection of the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that never fades away, reserved for us in heaven, who are being kept by the power of God unto salvation and so forth. Oh, I find these words so illuminating and exciting. They never lose their life-giving joy to my soul that I am born of God, that I'm a child of God. I'll never want to lose that first love. I'll never want to lose that childlike excitement that I'm born of my loving Heavenly Father and how graciously good He is. But the Heavenly Father wants us all to have that first love and let that motivate us, compel us, and drive us to want to grow up spiritually. And so while Paul writes these Corinthians believers about how blessed they are, he reminds them how it started. He reminds them how it began in their lives. And I think it is important that we never forget the beginnings of our faith, 
The Bible says we will be saved if we hold fast the beginning of our faith, if we hold fast to it. We can never lose that old rocket cross on the hill far away. Oh, hallelujah, when I think about that hymn, on a hill far away stood an old rocket cross, the emblem of suffering and shame and so forth, and we'll exchange that cross someday for a crown. Oh, what a beautiful hymn. I want to encourage you to go online and listen to the words of it. They're so powerful. I pray the church will keep singing these kinds of hymns because they never lose their contemporary power for us today. They're always alive for us today. But he then in chapter two reminds them how it began. And let me read it to you. First Corinthians chapter two. And I, brethren, verse one, when I came to you, I did not come with the excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preachings were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Again, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. You see, we all have the human tendency to go astray. Like sheep, they kind of wander off without keeping an eye on where they're supposed to be. And that's why we have the story of the lost sheep in Luke chapter 15. We can lose our way. And all of a sudden, I don't feel anything. Oh, all I have is challenge and hardships. I don't know what to believe anymore. And we've lost our way. We've lost our way. And we have to get back to the beginning. We have to get back to that old rocket cross where Christ was crucified for our offenses and raised for our justification. The Apostle Paul says, remember, how you receive this amazing new life in fellowship with the Father through His Son. You received it when I preached to you by the Holy Spirit's power how Jesus was crucified for all your sins, how He bore the punishment and the wrath of God, uh, of God upon Himself, having justified you freely now by His grace so that you may become a partaker of His divine nature by which you live free from the corruption of this world. And this divine nature, this heavenly new life has come to you simply by childlike faith in what Jesus has done for you. And then he comes to chapter 3, okay? Of 1 Corinthians 3, and he starts hitting the ground running here in what he knows by the Holy Spirit. He must labor in to help us wake up to the need that we need to keep spiritually growing. If we do not keep growing, 
we draw back again into the human nature and its weaknesses and confusions and its wandering, the wandering of the heart. Like the children of Israel in the wilderness that Hebrews chapter 3 talks about, their hearts always going astray, never learning God's way, seeing His works and yet not understanding His ways and how he was grieved with that generation because continuously their hearts were hardened through the deceitfulness of sin in departing from the living God. And God had to fight and fight and fight to hold on to them. And friends, the spirit will not strive with men forever, it says. You see, we all have a season in which it is given to us to grow up and become spiritually minded and have a spiritually alive heart that grows in communion and fellowship with the loving Heavenly Father, where we live in the joys of our salvation while yet in this body, where we worship in spirit and truth and have no confidence in the flesh and its failing weaknesses. And we know, we know, we know, we know, we know, we know we are what we are by His amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me, amen. So he then comes to chapter three in 1 Corinthians. Listen to this. And I, brethren, verse one, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere man instead of heavenly man, spiritual man? I had to feed you with milk. The milk, while it is amazing, is the work of Christ on the cross. It is for the babes. The Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It's what Jesus did for us as sinners, as those who fall short of his glory, of those who fail to do his perfect will, of those who are not spiritually inclined, but still worldly inclined, and how he labored to win our affection through his self-sacrifice when he said, when I am lifted up, then I will draw all men to myself. Oh, friends, Jesus said, unless the Father draws you to me, nobody can come to me. When Christ was lifted up on Calvary's cross, the heavenly Father drew all humanity to him to be saved. And that's the milk. But what the Heavenly Father longs for in you and me is that we be able to endure the solid food of His heavenly life, which is the crowning glory of His work as our Savior. Friends, I'm going to talk to you about it over the next few days. The divinity of Christ, the incarnation of Christ, the atonement of Christ, which is partly what I'm talking about now, and the glorification of Christ, which is the crowning glory of his ministry for us as our great high priest. How now he's at the Father's right hand, beckoning us to come up into that holy throne life, to come up into that heavenly life that knows no sin or falling short of God's glory, but delights itself in doing its will, delights itself in knowing his living word in your heart and mind, 
Oh, the light itself, to be a light in the world, to represent the Heavenly Father and the Son, Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And dear friends, the Heavenly Father is wanting us to spiritually grow up and to have a spiritual heart and a spiritual mind that we can perceive by the Holy Spirit those wonders that are yet invisible to the natural man, but become visible to the spiritual man in us. When we become spiritually alive in our heart and mind and begin to grow spiritually, that which is in heaven reserved for us begins to manifest in us. And we begin to embody in this earthen vessel the glory of the riches of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We begin to partake of that holy heavenly life. We begin to rejoice together with the saints of glory. And we begin to experience joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, dear friends, hear what the Holy Spirit is calling you. And let that call draw you, as Paul would say in Philippians 3, this one thing I do, I press on to lay a hold of that for which Christ took a hold of me and keep running for the race of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, dear friends, there is a phenomenal calling for all humanity. For God does not want any man to be lost, but all men to come to the knowledge of the truth that there's but one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for many. Today, the Holy Spirit is pulling you up into the knowledge of Jesus in heaven so that as he lives, we may live in this world. Amen. Have a good day.